Our scripture today comes from Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 to 22. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw that the earth was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its width, 50 cubits. And its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and put the door of the ark in the side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For my part, I am going to bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing, of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every kind shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every kind of food that is eaten, and store it up, and it shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God had commanded him. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God. Well, as we move into um, the grand sweep and and preaching through this series, I thought one of the things that we could do to sort of keep you on your toes would be a little bit of Bible trivia uh, every week. So if you've done your readings this week, you know what? This will be so very easy. How many days of creation are listed? Oh, we've got a a little difference, right, between B and C, six or seven. This one was the only trick question. The answer is six. The seventh day God rested, sorry. I just had to throw that. I couldn't resist it, sorry. Okay, who built an ark as commanded by God? You should all get this one right. Noah. Yes, good job. What did God name the place where people tried to build a tower up to heaven? I don't know about you guys at home, but these guys in here are just killing it. They're doing a good job. Yes, Babel. And then, what was the name of Abram's nephew? Good job. Good job for all of you. Yes. um, So we'll be doing that each week, and just to sort of keep you on your toes uh, for the readings. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, this morning, may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Evan Baxter. (laughs) He was a freshman congressman, and he was excited to move his wife and his three sons closer to D.C. in order to begin his term. But as his story goes on, things sort of turn toward the weird when Genesis 6:14 keeps showing up in his life and God asks him to build 
an ark. For those of you who maybe haven't seen the movie, Evan Almighty uh, was a movie that came out back in 2007. Um, If you have cable TV, it is currently streaming free on Freeform. Um, We watched it this week in sermon prep, right? This week... Uh, We begin the series based on our readings and the grand sweep, and and each week we'll just take a little deeper dive into one particular part of the story that we're going to have read the week before, and of course this week we're going to be looking at Noah. What we find when we go into Genesis chapter 6 is a reversal of the creation story. You see, in Genesis chapter 6, earlier verses, in verses 5 and 6, God looked out and God was sorry about what he had made. Compare that to Genesis chapter 1 verse 31, where God looked at everything that he had made and he said it was very good. But now, nine generations later, The evil of humankind has so corrupted all of creation that the only option was to start over, push the reset button, as it were. In the Hebrew language, these words that we read in verses 12 and 13 for corrupted and to destroy, they are so similar, and they better make the point that it was clear that what God set out to destroy had actually already virtually self-destroyed. The fall of humankind that had begun in the Garden of Eden, it was now complete. Everyone's heart was turned to evil. You see, God is not some detached creator, an unmoved mover. God is deeply passionate and zealous, prompted into action by God's compassion. Humanity's heart in our scripture today is evil, and God's heart is broken. And so it is that the justice of God requires a flood, but the mercy of God provides Noah. You see, we see in this story the evidence of God's grace because God found one, one who was still capable of hearing and responding to God. See, God is always speaking and calling and offering God's self The question is always, are we receptive? Now, in the movie, Evan Almighty, God has to go to some pretty great lengths to um, persuade Evan to act. But in verse 22, we're told Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. We have no sense from this scripture that God had to do anything to talk Noah into building an ark before it's ever raining. Because you see, in God's math, one is enough. 
Jesus taught about that when he talked about having faith the size of a mustard seed, the tiniest of seeds that when it's planted and it grows, it becomes the largest bush and, and even the birds of the air can take shelter under it. Each person, each choice is important in God's eyes. And it's important that we respond in faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And in verse 11 of, cha- of Hebrews chapter 11, Noah is lifted up as one of those examples of faith for us. It was faith, you see, that caused him to build the ark, even when it was not raining. And he calls us to do the same. On a personal level, God calls us into a deeper relationship with God before the crisis comes. God calls us to say yes to those small asks of God, to get in the habit of saying yes to the little things in in prayer and devotion and worship and the reading of Scripture, and that lays the groundwork for true discipleship, for serving and giving and loving others and loving God, even the unlovable. In our families, we're we're asked to share our faith with our children, to lay that foundation of faith and a friendship with Jesus before the storms of adolescence and young adulthood come. Way too often, I've heard parents give the excuse that, you know what, I want to let them choose for themselves someday as a, as a reason to not bring their children to church or graze them in the faith. But if you don't lay that foundation of faith when they are young, what do you think they're going to choose? <laughs> It's our job to build the ark before it's ever raining and in the church. We are called to have a vision. To, that means to see things before they're actually present. For this church, you planned for young families to be here before we ever had them. You developed a heart for mission and for outreach way before we ever had Harvey or the pandemic. This church decided to eliminate debt so that we can be ready to respond to whatever and wherever God asks us to be or to do, not knowing what is ahead but knowing that we need to be unencumbered from spending our precious resources on debt so that we can spend them on the ministries that he calls them to. And y'all made that decision long ago. And let me just say, can we imagine the difficulties we would be in in this moment if we were still paying $142,000 in debt interest? Thank you. Thank you for that. The role of leadership in the local church is to help describe this vision to others who may not yet see it. 
Jesus told us to build a strong foundation before it's needed so that it can withstand the flood when the flood comes. See, faithful living, it's just a series of choices and decisions and commitments and changes that can move us toward God. And each choice that leads to life and love and God and neighbor repeats in us the faith that was embodied by Noah and Abraham and Moses and all those that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11 as the great examples of faith. You see, friends, there is a lot of value in us learning and remembering the stories from the Bible. Because as we, as we look again at those stories, we remember that we stand in the line of the faithful whenever we orient our own lives toward God. None of us knows the future. And it will surely catch us by surprise when it's here. But we do have today to listen to God to learn God's ways of love so that when God calls us to do the really big, extraordinary, and to some absolutely absurd things, we will be prepared. May it be so. Let us pray. Gracious God, Lord, help us this day to say yes to you. As John and Caleb have said yes to you, we also say yes. Help us each day to have a plan to say yes to you that we may be prepared for a life of love and faith every day. In Christ's name, amen.